Hello everyone, welcome back to Morgan Hasn't Seen. Oh, do we have to start singing? But not like that, because that's not the tune of any song. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear you. Want. I want to hear you sing today, Morgan. Oh dear. Nobody wants <laughs> to hear me sing spontaneously. I do, I do. If it comes up spontaneously, which it most likely will, and I'll do some sort of bad impression of Audrey from this movie whilst singing, then that is likely to be the extent of my singing for this episode. But it is a musical we're talking today, Janine. It's not just a horror comedy, given that we are on episode two of our horror comedy series for September. It's also a horror comedy musical that's based (laughs) on a Broadway musical that's based on an original film from Roger Corman in the early 60s, which is is a movie I've never seen either, and I've never seen this version, and I'm a little bit ashamed at myself, uh, particularly, I would have to say, never having seen this version of Little Shop of Horrors, because it's a very... It's a significant movie, isn't it? You you know, it's a kind of big name movie. If um, if not necessarily, you know, not not necessarily an an enormous movie when you consider the droves and droves of what we consider huge movies that came out in the mid eighties. But it's certainly. It feels significant. It feels significant for its place as a horror musical. Yes. Which is a genre that doesn't get too much depth. You know, this Rocky Horror, Sweeney Todd, if you want to go that yeah, kind of so style that's with definitely it. Horror. There's a few. Repo, but... the genetic opera, which is kind sure. of terrible. <laughs> There's a few. But, I, you know, this is, it's a very well-loved movie, isn't it? It's a very, very well-loved movie. And I like, I love the fact that I have now watched it for this particular show and, and this You're particular welcome. series. You're um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, did you choose this one because of the kind of big name of it? Yeah, I mean, I wanted to get a bit of variety in this series. Um, You know, I thought horror comedies would be a fun way to kind of dip our toes into spooky season before we get into full-on horror stuff in um, October, because we are doing some things that, you know, might not be your favorite. (laughs) Sure. Uh, We've hinted that we're doing a franchise that Morgan has been very, you know, against trying to watch so um you know just wanted to... because it's not it doesn't sound remotely fun to me no but it is actually kind of fun um to me anyway maybe i just have a sick mind but anyway I um, so, <laughs> so i wanted to have a little fun with this series and have a good variety of of horror comedies in here that kind of fit in different genres and played on a different different styles for sure so that's one reason just kind of you know this movie is a pretty big well-known musical um and definitely one i thought that you would like 
because I was so surprised that you hadn't seen it. So I definitely thought this would be a fun thing, a musical to throw into the variety that I was going for with this uh, co- horror comedy series for this month. So Yeah, I mean, it, it's because I know why you thought I would like this so much. And admittedly, I, I knew why I would when I ever decided to watch this movie, which, you know, sometimes there's a reason we do this show and you have to just kind of push me into watching movies like you, you're doing this you're watching this it's like oh well we're, we're doing it for the show though okay if we're doing it for the show i'll watch yeah. it and that's kind of my attitude sometimes when it yeah. comes to <laughs> movies and oh can i not just watch this movie that i may really want to watch no you're watching this other one that you will like and you will appreciate and that you should have watched but we're doing it for the show and that was the case with with this one with you know here Yes. Um, but I knew why I would like it is because it comes from a place of campiness. It comes from a place of silliness. Um, like like I said, the kind of original birthing of Little Shop of Horrors was, was a Roger Corman movie in the early 60s, which, again, I now really, really should watch because I love Roger Corman stuff, especially Roger Corman stuff in the early 60s because most of the things Roger Corman's doing in the early 60s are the Vincent Price, Edgar Allan Poe movies. Yeah. <laughs> which, obviously, I just love dearly. Um, so, really, I should go back and watch Roger Corman's Little Shop of Horrors, because I, I, I assume it is exactly the same campy, sweet silliness with a real hint of just weird nastiness to it, but without the music that, you know, that that this movie does have. Well, you know, Morgan, luckily we have another show where we could make that happen. We do, I so. mean, it's true. <laughs> it is true. There's no reason it couldn't be done during October or, or whenever, really. Yeah. On the main show, there there isn't. It's a very good point you bring up, Janine. Um, but no, I, I, I like it as well because it's been a little while since I watched a musical. Really, and I like musicals. You know, I I, I like I do. <laughs> do you? I just I just some I do no I do I, I I do like musicals. I was just I was going to follow up with that by saying I almost feel like I have to be in a mood to watch musicals, and then I'll watch like ten of them in the space of two weeks, okay, or something like that. Um, I very rarely kind of feel myself. Oh, what to watch tonight? A musical. a musical. I'm like, no. If I'm in Unless a musical, it's Willy mo- Wonka mood. and the Chocolate Factory. Yes. Okay. Sure. <laughs> but if I'm in a musical mood, I'm in a musical mood, and it's ironic, really, because some of my very favourite movies of all time are musicals. Willy Wonka, Oliver from 1968, yes. Bugsy Malone. They're all phenomenal musicals, but I don't know. Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol, or Scrooge the Musical, yes, yes. 1970. Um, so I do like musicals, and, I, and I'm feeling now, after having watched this, in, in a little bit of a, a little bit of a sing-songy kind of no. movie mood. So, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I'm, feeling, I'm feeling a little bit musical, musical movies based in my brain at the minute, which is good. And that shows... The, the the songs in Little Shop of Horrors 
as I'm sure most people were aware, and I am now aware fully, are just wonderful. They are yes. wonderful, wonderful songs. Um, but yes, I, I forgive me for waffling on that. I am, you know, I am one to waffle on, Janine. I don't know how, how you <laughs> no, want to style um, this particular episode yes, in, mean, in, in structure. I mean, we, you know, we always have a kind of a loose structure with some mix of questions and plot breakdowns with, you know, commentary in between. So I think we always kind of mishmash everything when we talk about movies. Uh, yes. But yeah, I mean, to start off with the songs, yeah, they're really great narrative songs that drive the story forward. Um, but they're also kind of entertaining. Like a lot of, you know, musicals could get caught up with a song that's just there to fill space or fill time you know that's a good point there's not it doesn't have its cheer up charlie there's not one really dodgy song in there that shouldn't no, be in there. every song is good and every song works to drive the plot forward and continue the story you know i mean some are different styles than others of course you have your ballad songs you have your uh, jazzy poppy songs you have your choral kind of fun almost gospel-y songs yeah like your, your, your I would, chorus like, of three uh your muses as muses like, yes i, if you want I to love it you know that. i love that you know i i my my hope is that hercules kind of took inspiration from this for the muses and you know to yeah. have your kind of narrators singing the the story behind the scenes and your your, your characters are acting out what they're singing about you know uh, so and yes, one we have them, our one of, one of them was uh, was was Tisha Campbell from yes from my wife and kids I know her from <laughs> see <Wednesday. laughs> see now you're gonna age you always gotta say something that ages us because I know wow. her and the other one of the other girls Tishina Arnold both of them were in the show Martin with Martin Lawrence um, both, okay yes. so the two of them were on martin show martin in the 90s so that's how i <laughs> that's where i know the two of them wayne's, so Damon, thank you my wife and kids damon wayne's thank you thank you morgan for for again aging us just be thankful <laughs> that i was aware <laughs> so you don't i don't even know if you have any concept of martin but uh, Wait, martin lawrence i have concept i have a concept of martin lawrence sure but the fact that he had a show in the 90s I was aware that he did have his own sitcom. Okay. <laughs> yes. I have never seen this show, but I, I was aware that it happened. Yes. Okay. He's he's married to Tisha Campbell in the show. I see. And then uh, Tashina Arnold is uh, like Gina's best friend who he always like makes fun of, makes jokes at and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, there, there you go. Martin, Martin Lawrence connections aplenty. Yeah, <laughs> in, uh, in Little Shop of Horrors. No, but they're great though. I mean, they open the movie with your your title song. Yes, which is just a, a wonderful way to get into the mood. It's of a bop. Exactly it sets you in the watch. time, and yeah, what you're gonna see. I like that. You know, their outfits are changed into kind of this imaginary kind of glamour, and then you see the real them, and they're just kind of like yeah. three street teenagers who you know dropped out of school. Um. And so it kind of intertwines with real life and then them kind of in these gorgeous, like, you know, outfits, like a girl group and, and singing kind of what's happening uh, in the movie. 
Yeah, but I, I assume it's supposed to be set in the fifties at some point. I don't know exactly when, but it, it's it seems very fifties. Yeah, it's very yeah. much like Aesthetic. late fifties, almost getting into the sixties. I think. Um, so I would say like mid to late fifties. Yeah, it feels like. Um, but yes, it, we follow Seymour, uh, our you know nerd of the era king nerd of the era uh rick moranis i mean he really uh, is isn't he i mean yeah he, if you think of you know ghostbusters honey i shrunk the kids that was his thing you know he he is such a he found his speciality janine and he stuck to it and he damn near perfected it yes he's so good in these comedic movies he's very funny in them but he's always the foil. He's never remotely on top of the situation. No. At all. He's always the fool. He's always the weedy little underdog who you kind of can't help but root yes. for. They've got such a big heart, his characters. And he's great with physical and comedy as he well. He is. Yeah. And facial reactions, facial comedy, and that kind of stuff. He's great. He was always so good at it. And it makes you, it, it makes you still not upset, I suppose, but well, upset if you want I to mean, be. That yeah, he retired I mean, such yeah, a long time it makes ago. You, it, but it makes you love him even more when you find out the reason why he retired yeah. from acting. You know, his wife passed away, and he wanted to be around for his kids, so he retired and spent that time raising his children, and hasn't felt the need to come back. A big um, heart. From yes. Rick Moranis. A yes, big heart and a him. little body. Yes. Because Rick Moranis is not the biggest of human beings either. No. They actually had asked him. <laughs> he is uh, light I think the last and, and small. The, yes. The last thing they kind of I think had asked him to do was they asked him to cameo in Ant Man because you know in Disney Ant -Man. owns Disney owns the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie. So Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, they wanted okay. him to kind of cameo as Wayne Zielinski and, you know, to be a part of that whole kind of shrinking, oh, Disney movie with that shrinking, oh, type kind of. Ridiculous. Yes. Are so... you suggesting that at one point they wanted Honey, I Shrunk the Kids to be a little bit in the MCU? Yes. What? Well, I mean, if you know anything what? about the Pinocchio movie, then you know they're all about kind of stroking their other IPs and throwing them in your face. So. Oh, sure, yes. So, <laughs> but yes, they had they did reach out to him to cameo, but he was still sticking to his retirement plan. So, I mean, um, good on him. Yes, good on him for doing it. He will, you know, forever be very, very well thought of. Yes. Very, very well remembered for his roles and very respected for the reason he, he no longer acts. Because yeah, he, he perfectly could have done. You know, he was... It is... It's very, very honourable. And I want to say he did some kind of commercial with Ryan Reynolds or something that I saw kind of going around online like a couple years ago. So he did do okay. something. So, you know, dipping his toes. Uh, Why not? Yes, but Why yes, not? we love him, and he definitely was in a great niche and found what he did well and did it very well. Physical comedy, you know, very kind of expressive. Very uh, expressive. These, these kind of bumbly, bumbly, but lovable, big-hearted kind of nerd characters of 80s and 90s. So 
total icon in Rick Moranis. He was great in this movie. And, you know, even the singing, like the singing while, it, you know, it fit his, he sang like how his character would sing, <laughs> you know. Yes, it wasn't flawless Broadway singing. No, but it was serviceable and fit his character. It did. It did. Um, yeah. It just, you know, he fits so well in this movie because of its over-the-top theatricality. Yeah. And he has very much over-the-top theatricality. The the campiness that is such a positive aspect to to his performances in general. And obviously, particularly him in this movie, given the fact that it just all is one big amalgamation of, of camping wonderfulness. Yeah. It really, really does fit well. He is absolutely pitch perfect for this movie. Um and playing off the two other people, you know, in the in the little florist store that they have as well. Oh yeah, Mr. Mushnik and Mr. Mushnik, who I I have to assume is a a, a little bit of a an evolution of Mr. Matuchek from the shop around the corner. Yeah, I mean with that Frank name. Morgan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to assume because he's got a like a little weird mustache as well and yes. very similar kind of haughty character. Yeah. But he also like shows these glimmers of things that he actually kind of cares about these people. Like no, he, he does don't. he does treat Seymour like dirt, but like Sir Seymour was kind of on his own with nothing and he gave him a place to stay, gave him a job. Um, and then even when Audrey kind of makes mention of her abusive boyfriend, he's definitely like, that man's terrible. You need to get away from him. Like, so he obviously has, you know, a, a thread of care for these people, even though he's kind of a jerk. Um, and then kind of how things transpire with him and Seymour later, um, we see, you know, he's not, you know, a hundred percent this kind of great pillar um, of goodness. Uh, so no, yes, not necessarily. <laughs> no, so but yeah, definitely giving me Mr. Matichek vibes as you know this kind of stodgy, kind of boisterous store owner. That's yeah, always kind of yelling and complaining about things, but seemingly cares about his his staff. So we're not quite <laughs> sure why how his store's still in business because it yeah, seems to be that little business exactly. Um, and then Audrey. As as our leading lady, yes, Rick Moranis is uh, Ellen Green, and Ellen Mr. Green. Mushnik is played by Vincent uh, Gardenia. Which yes, um, yes. So Ellen Green, she is Audrey. Vincent uh, Gardenia, or as he could also be referred to, Discount Robert Lozier. It's like, did they did they hire these people because they have like plant related names? <laughs> Possibly. Gardenia. Possibly. Green. <laughs> Moranis. That's not a plan. No. Moranis is not a plan. Um, I'm glad but... Levi's last name wasn't Shrubs. So. Levi Shrubs. <laughs> Levi Shrubs. Oh, dear. Um, no, do you not think Vincent Gardini just looks like Discount Robert Lozier? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I really do think he, he he does. Now that I now that I think about it, they're the same <laughs> like he person. He's kind of reminding you. Of he's like six inches smaller. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, 
Ellen Green, who has, who you know, is uh, what a lovely voice. I mean, it's yes. Jennifer Tilly on steroids. Yes, but even then, the singing voice, she's still doing it in that kind of high pitched Audrey, but it's so strong, and you it's, know, it's, it, it's a it choice. Could, and but it, it could come off. But even the singing voice, it could come off very kind of grainy and harsh. But it's it's still very strong and 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 enjoyable i think like yes because anybody singing in that kind of <laughs> kind of voice like you think it's gonna be like oh gosh but she manages to find this weird balance with it when she kind of belts out those high notes like yeah it's, it's very impressive it is quite impressive and it is quite impressive how it doesn't actually annoy me because yeah. <laughs> some certain types of voices can just can just grate on you yeah they can and sometimes that very oh seymour what am i going to do yeah it's so oh it's why is it so high pitched <laughs> but i didn't find myself thinking that no i didn't find horrible. myself thinking that <laughs> i found myself really quite enjoying their tiny little romance at the beginning that that blossoms a little bit further yes and just her having this very kind of harsh low self-esteem of herself that she doesn't yeah. think she deserves somebody as kind to see more she obviously has feelings for him but she doesn't think she deserves because you know there's that whole song describing where they live skid row or just kind of like yes there's no point in dreaming and there's no point in in wanting more because this is where you're stuck so that, you know uh, downtown in Skid Row, it's just this terrible place that you're just kind of stuck, and there's no out. Um, Another great song, but a depressing song. Yes, depressing as all hell, you know. And you got you have just like ancillary bums kind of chiming in with the chorus, <laughs> and yes. yeah. So I love kind of the interaction of just random people on the street, um, you know, somebody popping out their window and and, and illustrating a part of the song, and but you can uh, really see the the broadway musical style in this yeah. movie because it's it's barely more than one set yeah you know it, it is really that kind of skid row corner where the, and the shop that's kind of all you get yeah and a little bit of the inside of some people's homes yeah audrey's apartment's like across the street the dentist office and that's kind the of about as far as office. we go yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's it's very very, you know, small in 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 scale and small in in location, but certainly very grand and and big in style and theatricality. Like I said, it, it's it's massive, but that musical theater aspect comes out in those songs like Skid Row, where you're getting random characters popping with certain lines. It's very much musical theater yes at that point very um, very much so and again a good narrative song as to kind of explaining stuff about your characters like you know why you know audrey's beautiful and you know very fashionable and takes care of herself oh yeah things but you know she lives in this place where you've been made to feel like you don't need to do more there, there's no more for you than where you are in this awful place and there's no way to get out of it yeah um so that kind of plays into her self-worth. So then she ends up being with someone 
just to be with someone even if they don't value her and she doesn't think she's worth being with someone as nice as Seymour. I mean, I think you're being quite kind to Steve Martin there by, by <laughs> just saying she deserves someone more uh, that the, someone who values her rather than saying she deserves <laughs> someone who isn't literally the worst human being I've ever yeah, come across he's in kind my of an insane, life. crazy person. Um, yes, we, we definitely have to get into Steve Martin as the dentist. Um, and, I mean, uh, there's a reason people hate dentists, and I'm sorry if you are a dentist. Unless you're Bill Murray in this movie. Unless you're Bill Murray in this movie, who loves the dentist. Can't yes. get enough of the dentist. He's so desperate <laughs> he's to He's so excited, and he's not, he, like, wants the pain of it, but, like, Steve Martin throws him out because he's just too excited about all the pain. <laughs> This is the Bill He's Murray like, this is Morrison not fun. Cameo, I'm not hurting it? you, and this is not fun. Please leave. <laughs> you get a couple of like weird cameos. And I think one of the movie. kids one of the kids in the chair was Anthony Michael Hall, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Did you catch who the dental nurse was? Yes, Miriam Margulies. <laughs> What's that about? Yeah, what was she doing in this? I was so confused. Yes. Well, this was done in that famous, I think, James Bond studio. Um, Pinewood. Lot. Yes. Yes. Okay. So that's probably, they were probably in the UK. So hence. I know, but Miriam, Bill Murray wasn't. <laughs> Miriam popping up or being hired there. And then maybe when they filmed somewhere well, yeah, else. Possibly. Um, uh, possibly. Yeah. So yes, um, Anthony Michael Hall and yeah, Bill Murray, Miriam Margulies, um, Jim Belushi, I think. Yes, he is. Isn't a Christopher Guest in there as well? As like one of the uh, Yes. Isn't he, isn't he the first guy who walks in and says, what's that magnificent plant? Isn't that yes, him? Yes, I think yeah. it is. <laughs> Which is just He's... weird because the only, the first image of him I picture is uh, the Princess Bride. <laughs> The man with like six fingers guy whatever. yes um uh, so i always picture him with like you know victorian you know medieval facial hair and stuff so not, when not he's, like, some smartly clean, dressed 50s yes, man hi, I, i'll buy some, some 20, what you is know, that magnificent, magnificent plant in your window <laughs> while i'm here i'll take two dozen roses like <laughs> To which they all get really excited because it's clearly the first bit of business they've done in about three months. Yes. Um, all down to the impetus of the story, the most famous thing from this movie, the thing everybody comes to see, whether they go and watch Little Shop of Horrors on the stage, whether they're watching this movie, you come for Audrey too. Yes. So um, Seymour has found this plant. Um, he's trying to find a way to to bring it up to Mr. Mushnick. Um, uh, with Audrey's help, she kind of helps him start the story of, hey, uh, why don't you tell Mr. Mushnick about that strange and interesting plant you found? And so then the story is actually a song of how he found Audrey too. He was shopping and, you know, in the plant district and found or some, dis some plant store in some nice district and found. And then he turned around and this plant there was a i think what a solar eclipse yeah then, something like that yes and after a flash it, of light after the, the yes and appeared. then he appeared and so he bought it and he shows it to him 
and it's this strange interesting plant they put it in the window he's kind of saying what nobody's going to care about that and that's when our first customer walks in yeah seeing the plant in the window hence they know okay now this plant is going to be our saving grace people are going to see it they're going to be interested they're doing big business um everything's going great and then audrey too gets sick and of course he names it audrey too after audrey because he's you know deeply in love with her and she's so flattered um, she is this just makes me think though that he's been referring to audrey as audrey one for the entire time <laughs> you know i would hope not i would hope or not. or is it more like hi audrey you're my number one this is audrey two yes is it I, more I, think like that? I think it's more like that um but yes the, the sweet moment where she's like when she hears that he named it audrey too she's just like so oh audrey too <laughs> like it's just very cute that she's like very kind of flattered by that it is um, it is and yes. i i think i think this was right after she'd come back from a horrendous day with steve well yes because we haven't seen steve martin yet we just see her walking and she's no we don't even guy. know it's steve martin yet no i had no idea it was steve martin <laughs> i mean what's this is the most ridiculous, Cast extreme characterization I've seen in a long, long time. But Steve Martin's able to pull this off so, so well. Because yes, because so he's not inherently this manic. great singer either. But like, you know, how he kind of talks, sings his song and, you know. Better than puts Rex on, Harrison? Do you think he's doing on, a better yes. talk singing job than yes. Rex Harrison? Because he kind of can exaggerate and like talk like that you, can. you know yes, you can. and he can do this kind of fake elvis impression thing to get the comedy of the song it's, it's a comedic song so he can it play is. with it and be silly and not really have to have great vocals so the songs work for the people who you know for how how they worked with you know the capability of these actors who you, they're not really known as singers just saying <laughs> That's exactly the same thing of what they did with My Fair Lady and Rex Harrison. They played to what he could do. But when, when you're putting was... that next to on stage, Julie Andrews. <laughs> yes. Like, you're telling me really that's not going to like look lazy to you? Just go and look at pictures of young Rex Harrison, Janine. You'll be, you'll feel better. I'm just gonna watch the Ghost of Mrs. Muir again. You'll, you'll feel much better. Oh, see Captain Rex Harrison, <laughs> the only Rex Harrison not, not, I want to exist. <laughs> not even Blythe Spirit, Rex Harrison. No, not Blythe even. Spirit, uh, he kind of was losing it a little bit for me there. Yeah. Okay. See Captain. Yeah. Sea captain. sea captain, my captain. Yeah. Sea captain, my captain. What is that? That doesn't even make sense. Sea captain, my cap, Captain Rex. Yes. Yes. Anyway. Anyway. Enough Rex, Allison. Yes. So she walks in. She has a black eye, and Mr. Mushnick is like, oh, is that terrible boyfriend doing to you again? Like, you need to get away from him. And she's like, oh, no, he's, you know, he's a doctor. So, you know, he has a good job and he makes good money. And, you know, that's kind of her reasoning. Does he give you, though, does he? No, but that's kind of her. Somebody who has a title it wants yeah. to be with her. So that gives her some kind of value. Um, doesn't matter how he treats her. So, you know, she's very much that kind of naive, very low self-esteem person who's going to kind of take 
these terrible things, despite Mr. Mushnick kind of trying to tell her, you know, you need to get out of this. Um, and then Seymour, you know, is that a great contrast, very just sweet to her. And um, yeah, so she she kind of walks in with this black guy, and then, you know, that's when Seymour shows the plant, and you know, they get their first business, they're very excited, things are booming for them now, and then Audrey too starts to get sick. So then he's trying to figure out what does it want. He's watering her, and this is another great song where he's kind of trying to figure out what to do, how to... Oh yeah, I liked this song. What was the title of this song? Was it kind of like... Have I got this right? Was it kind of like this kind of ploddy type yeah, song? Yeah, I've given you sunshine. Yes, yeah. that one. Yeah. I've given you dirt. <laughs> I've given you plant food. <laughs> but you're just making me hurt. Or something like this. Yeah. It was... I liked that. I liked the... Uh, music- Grow for me. Grow for me. I liked <laughs> yes. the musicality of that song. Yes. Janine. Um, even though... It was sung about as well as I just sung it there by Rick Moranis. Um, But it it, it fits. It works. It's fine. There's only one real, you know, singer. Well, well, I suppose that, you know, your muses are very good at singing. But male singer. There's only one real male singer in this entire movie. Which do have to... I I don't want to not shout out the third of the muses, Michelle Weeks. So, oh yes, yes. Yes, I don't want to just talk about the other two who have been in things we've seen, but Michelle Weeks as well is the yes, third, the, um, the great yeah. muse singers. Um, yeah, I was just, so... I was just. There, there's one male singer who, who yeah. whose voice shows up slightly later on than where we're currently at in the movie because yeah. we haven't got full grown Audrey two yet. No. Um. So yeah, then he, you know, while he's singing the song and trying to figure out how to. Um, get Audrey to Audrey two to <laughs> to uh, you know grow and be healthy. Uh, he cuts his finger on some thorns, and the blood is kind of coming out of his finger. And then you know he's kind of sucking his finger to suck up the blood that's coming out. And then he hears like like these sucking sounds, and he doesn't know where it's coming from. And he sees it's coming from little Audrey too. And he's kind of putting it together. He puts his, you know, regular finger in front of Audrey 2 and nothing happens. He puts his bloody finger in front of Audrey 2 and (laughs) we get the sucking sounds. And then he realizes, (laughs) oh my gosh, it's the blood. (laughs) It's kind of hilarious, but it's kind of really disturbing as well. (laughs) Especially as the movie goes on and you just kind of, it's not brought too much attention to. But Rick Moranis' fingers and hands just become more bandaged up and bloodied and look <laughs> yes, horrible. Yes, the Some Fun Now song where, you know, they're just kind of illustrating, oh yeah, he's having some fun now, having to <laughs> sit all night and feed Audrey too from each finger as it's just kind of sucking the blood out of it, all of just, his fingers. Horrible covered horrible to think about. Yeah. <laughs> The, the amount of blood loss Rick Moranis must be going through, he must look like a ghost. Yeah. It's, but these, I don't know why I'm thinking about these kind of things, but it really kind of once once I took took like a second to think about, oh god, that is really disturbing. Actually, yes. I mean, it's played entirely for laughs. 
but this is where we're getting into the horror elements of our story. This is what's making yeah. this, you know, this first steps of it becoming the little shop of horrors, you know. Bloodthirsty plumped. Yes. So first, you know, it's a couple drops of blood. Audrey 2 starts growing and growing. More people want to come see it. Business is going great. Um, it's almost turned into an Audrey 2 museum. Yes, and now people come to see the plant and then they buy flowers while they're there. Everything seems to be going great until <laughs> until Audrey too. You know, he hears somebody say, "Feed me Seymour. <laughs> Feed me all Feed that me long. <laughs> yeah. Feed me." Like that's what Feed me. <laughs> and he's like, "Wait, what?" Yes, and then you know, uh, that's what Audrey Two's got a voice. Audrey Two <laughs> is now uh, Mr. Shrubs, <laughs> Stubbs, Mr. Stubbs, Levi yes, Stubbs. I believe. Yes, is it, didn't they say he was from the Four Seasons? Like he, I credited he's the Four Tops. The Four, four tops. tops. Four Tops. Four Seasons would be very different if he was the Four. That's Frankie Valley, so we'd be singing like Sherry, Sherry baby. That'd be really. <laughs> be completely the opposite i got my style. i got my four sums you did. Uh, mixed up no the four uh, tops is um sugar pie honey bunch you know uh, that okay. i love you that one. yay we got some working singing okay so <laughs> uh yes we hear uh levi stubbs start you know feed me and he doesn't know where this is coming from and then he realizes it's audrey too yes. um not audrey one if it was coming from no. audrey one that would be equally as weird given the yeah. fact what she sounds like but. and audrey two, yes <laughs> audrey two, and yeah just the fact that like these two audrey's are definitely on different different scales of the tone range for sure that's what i want i want <laughs> harmonization between the audrey's right we, don't get that. we, we should have gotten that would have been really smart this low bass and this you know high pitched um so does it work possibly possibly not who's to say yeah i mean they should have given it a shot but um yeah the so then you know audrey too is explaining what they need they need blood he's like okay just give me a couple days to heal up and then all he's like no i need more i need it now no. <laughs> okay i'll go to the meat market and get you no needs to be fresh so then that's you know kind of terrifying <laughs> yes rick moranis is a little bit taken aback by this whole situation yeah, so as you really would be if a plant yes. started speaking to you yes and telling you they needed fresh blood to to, to survive um so now seymour's kind of in a bind of having to figure out how he's going to keep audrey too alive and thriving and uh yeah. yeah he doesn't know what to do <laughs> especially when you know audrey too starts singing a really jazzy song feed me seymour <laughs> feed me all night long yeah <laughs> it's a really just overly intense song yes um i love it i i, I think i feel like this is after a song that I did want to mention, which it was Audrey's kind of dream song somewhere that's green. Yes, so she does have her broken arm now at this point. Like she has her arm in like the sling because yes. they asked the boyfriends now, you know, taking it one step further. So yes, um, after Mushnik's kind of telling her how terrible, you know, stay away from this boy. Look what he's done to you. Seymour's been sweet to her, but she's just like, I don't deserve that. So she kind of has her 
little song and she has this whole little dream sequence where she dreams that her and Seymour have you know a nice little home with a lawn and there are two kids that look exactly like them a boy and a girl it yeah. was <laughs> I only bring it up I only bring it up because it was actually the only song I recognized when I was watching this movie Oh, like, really? I don't think I'd heard... You've never heard Little Shop of Horrors? <laughs> like, well, the main I, song? Yeah, but that's the title song, you know. Yeah. So I, it was from that. But apart from that, I wasn't familiar directly with, with any of the other songs. Oh, wow, okay. Apart from Somewhere That's Green. And I don't know where it, where from. Was it parodied in something? I don't know. Possibly. That seems like a, an interesting one that would be the one that you've heard before somewhere I'm else. Sure because it, a lot of musicals that people haven't seen, they probably have heard the songs before, you know? So well, I'm yeah. surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, yeah. it's... To be fair, though, it, it hasn't been the case with me. I remember when we were doing musicals a long a long while ago now. Yeah, we were doing um, yeah, modern musicals, I believe, was the series. But I... I wasn't, I didn't find myself being massively familiar with the songs. Maybe, or at least the, the, the songs maybe weren't, or I didn't realize the songs were from those particular movies. Or even, maybe it's just more modern ones. And I know Little Shop of Horrors is 86, but it's not from the golden age of Hollywood where I actually do recognize musical numbers from yeah you know hollywood musicals even if i haven't seen them um so i don't know and weirdly i, I i've got some sort of thing in the back of my mind that somewhere that's green was parodied on something so i've heard it in a, in a parody, in a parody maybe Ooh. um yeah that's kind of a surprising one that would be the one but i think it's probably a fairly popular song from that musical so um, I mean, it's not surprising. my favorite song now. After after having watched yeah. the movie, it's not my favorite. <laughs> yeah, song also it's just funny that Ellen Green slow. is singing a song somewhere that's green. <laughs> yes, I mean <laughs> she's, that's true. She's green. Um, so yes, it, she has this kind of fun little dream se sequence of you know imagining a life with Seymour and a yeah. cute little house with a lawn and their two little kids and TV dinners and they're watching I Love Lucy <laughs> on their giant twelve-inch <laughs> screen. Big e is it like big enormous <laughs> screen? Yes. And then they all start laughing. Yes. And the kids because... are playing in their room and it's just yeah. so adorable. It is. It's um, the hopeful ballad of the Yes. Of the so despite being stuck in Skid Row, she does have dreams and, and they are with Seymour. So we kind of establish it. Yes. It's it comes back a in a reprise as well. It comes back in a bit of a reprise, that song. Yes. Um, so then we do actually see her. We go now to the to the boyfriend. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the and that's the big and we go of... to you know to his office. Seeing and you well. know, we see him riding his motorcycle leather jacket, the you know, black jet black hair. Um, and he's we don't even know what he does yet. So he's talking no, about we've got no idea. You know, He's describing, you know, how he, as a little kid, he used to torture animals and what kind of job, you know, would allow him to kind of professionally hurt things because that was something he was always interested in is basically what the song's kind of entailing. And then 
we're like, well, what job is this? You know? And then were you expecting it to be a dentist? I, I mean, I had absolutely no idea at <laughs> when all. he's talking about the job that his, you know, to make his mother proud that would allow him to kind of inflict pain. And he's singing this song and he's riding in with jet black hair, leather jacket on a motorcycle. What did you kind of expect him to? <laughs> did you have expectations for this job that he was going to reveal in this song? <laughs> no, I didn't. And I'm surprised I actually didn't know about an evil dentist from Little Shop of Horrors, to be honest with you. But I didn't really have any expectations. I mean, now you think about it, certainly not just while I was watching the movie, but, I mean, maybe you could assume it was some sort of professional fighter or something like that. Yeah, because I think that's supposed to be the comedy of the song, because you're definitely not expecting it to be a dentist. No, But it's even more hilarious that it is a dentist because everything that he says is completely accurate to most dentists. Yeah. Because I don't think people go into being dentists for for healthcare reasons. I don't. I think people go to be dentists to berate people and to make people feel dreadful and to just (laughs) hurt people. I think orthodontists are entirely different. You know, the people that actually help you and, oh, we can help sort your, you know, straighten up your teeth, sort your teeth out. You know, you'll have a wonderful smile when you're finished at the orthodontist. But when you've (laughs) gone to the dentist and they've just scrubbed around your teeth for a little bit, made you feel absolutely horrendous, like you can't move your tongue, otherwise something will bleed. Yes, and they like, ask you ugh. questions. Is it a thing that dentists try to a- ask you, like questions that aren't yes or no questions, while they have your mouth open? And yes, doing stuff exactly. In there? And then they berate you. How often do you brush your teeth? Twice a day. You don't know, do you? You horrible, weaselly little creature. Do you fly? I'm gonna, you know? I'm gonna drill your mouth to the core. Yes. <laughs> There's like, a have to ask me, so, you know, how's work going? Like, while you have... <laughs> I, sh- I have my... I don't like going to the dentist. I, I, I don't go to... My teeth are perfectly good. I don't eat anything horrendous. I don't drink anything overly horrendous that breaks my teeth down. But I do not go to the dentist as much as is, you know recommended i don't or as much as bill murray does or certainly um. it's not as much as bill murray does and this is because my concept of dentists are for some reason not that i've ever actually had a dentist that is like this but like steve martin in this movie just violent horrible people <laughs> and they're not None of my dentists have ever have been, been violent, horrible people. Sadistic people like this. They've not. Who, but the who fact like of to the just get is, high on gas before they start doing Exactly. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, when anybody leaves the dentist, they either have left really, really quickly, like my own granddad does, because he doesn't even let the dentist go anywhere. He's like, yep, yep, we're fine, yep, come on, we're out, yep. <laughs> literally oh 30 second 30 second job he's just why well, what do you done. need to have cleaning no i don't want a cleaning thank you bye yeah 19 pounds or whatever it is oh it's literally fine <laughs> just that's it i'm out or 
they're in there for a little bit of time, at which point they leave the dentist's office in pain, no matter how good your teeth are. Yeah, like a cleaning can hurt, you know? You could leave there with your whole mouth so sore after a cleaning. Um, but yes, definitely just kind of a fun surprise of the song that he's talking about all these sadistic things that he used to do as a kid and he grew up to want to be a dentist and you know he busts in and he's a dentist like you know and then we see him kind of going through hitting his nurse constantly with the doors you know we see him yes. I think, like twisting some kind of tool in uh, anthony michael hall's mouth you know scaring this little girl um you know just like we were talking about dentists asking you questions while you know, they have your mouth pried open. I like they do this really fun shot through a mouth. They do, uh, yeah. You know, with like him that. working, drilling a mouth, and the the person's like singing the song along, but singing it like as somebody who would have their mouth wide open. And it's this really kind of cool shot. Like obviously they set up kind of this fake mouth with like a flapping tongue that's yeah. kind of like, you know, forced perspective of him kind of, you know, and you see him through the mouth and singing. I, I really like that. That's a really fun shot. So yeah, he has his whole dentist song as he's kind of torturing people. So we see the type of person he is. Um, and then we see him later on a date with, um, with Audrey and if you could call it a date. Yes. And see how kind of terrible he's treating her. And uh, this is all kind of, coinciding with you know feed me Seymour yeah. and Audrey 2's <laughs> rise to power yes with Audrey 2's rising hunger um and he's seeing how terrible he's treating Audrey uh the dentist so um which he makes you know her call him doctor 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 <laughs> um so oh, I can't even make that sound that she it, it's not like she doesn't pronounce like the the C in doctor it's more like doctor <laughs> all the d all the d actually it's not it's as though she's saying thoughter or something <laughs> like that that's not a word but it, that if, if you try and say the word if you try and make the sound well i think she's trying to she's doing her her high-pitched voice and then on top of that it's like this kind of new yorkish kind of accent as well I think it is happening it, it, it's, so it's something <laughs> it, it really is. It really yes. is. So all of this boyfriend treating her terrible, coinciding with Seymour witnessing this, and Audrey too wanting to be fed, you know, gives Guess him who's getting a, fed. Yes, gives him this little thought to, well, maybe you know he's a terrible person. You saw him, you know, and and Audrey too kind of talking him into, you know. <laughs> Uh, I like him. He looks tasty. Or some yes. Sort of thing that Audrey too might say. Yes. So then, you know, Seymour kind of hatches this plan. He doesn't know what to do. So he's like, okay, I have to go. I'll go get him for you. You know, I'll, you know, kill two birds with one stone, get rid of him, save Audrey, feed Audrey too. So yeah. he, he's taken one for the Audreys. This is so he goes down to the office. This is where we see our Miriam Margulies, you know, yes. have her little moment. <laughs> um and he holds a gun to him. Uh, but he's like put he puts his gas on because he is um I think Seymour is posing as like somebody who wants dental work done. Um, and this is I think after Bill Murray comes in, like all very excited <laughs> to to, you know, 
and he's just telling this long-winded story and he's like he's like prepping himself because he's just so excited to like be tortured by this man um and when he's doing it's all real, of these things it's real masochism yes from, from and bill, bill murray's enjoying it steve Barnes like this isn't even fun so he throws him out and that's when we get uh seymour there so yeah seymour kind of poses as somebody coming in for dental work so he's like puts on his like this whole kind of gas apparatus because he likes to be high while he's doing these things to people and then seymour pulls a gun on him um and he's just like giggling about it because he's high on gas then he like tries to turn the gas off but he ends up like turning it up and pulling the valve off by accident so then he kind of overloads himself with gas and ends up kind of dying on his own so seymour doesn't even have to do anything so seymour's kind of like well he's already dead he's still fresh so then he has to kind of take his body back two feet to audrey too and we have a witness Mr. Oh, wait, nurse. <laughs> yes. yes, we do. So, Mr. Mushnick saw something happen. So then he threatened Seymour. He threatens him with a gun. And Guess what else gets fed? Yes. <laughs> so that ultimately leads to Mr. Mushnick's fate um, to, to keep the whole situation quiet. So now. And after Audrey... this point, Audrey, too, is so happy. Yeah. All this food. All this fresh blood. Yes. All these people that Audrey too is eating. It is really the the you know centerpiece of the horror of the whole movie. Is yes. A, a him trying man eating plant. Yes, and him trying to satisfy this hunger, and you know he doesn't want to kill people, but you know yeah, yeah. driving he... driving to commit murder. Yes. And this kind of thing. And and him getting tangled up in trying to keep Audrey to alive and the pressure from this crazy plant who's just very intimidating and scary um ends up feeding Audrey to a, a Jim Belushi salesman guy. Yes. Um so then you know he decides he's just going to like I I'm done with this. I don't want to hurt people. This plant is crazy. I'm the boss here. I'm going to just leave. You know, I'm going to get audrey uh i'm gonna get audrey and marry her and take her away from here and um we're gonna have a happy life oh we did we also forgot to mention uh john candy in oh john candy well. oh god yeah i did forget about um, that I think when I audrey's gotten the mind <laughs> yes when um audrey too got slightly bigger after the first kinds of uh finger feedings uh he took he she's kind of this hit of the town so he takes her to the radio local radio station run by john candy to do a little uh radio interview <laughs> so he's the yeah. dj at the at the I radio mean, station a kind of bizarre thing to take a you know a plant that people to, can't to, yeah, see <laughs> to show off your plant on, on the, the radio, radio. Yeah. it doesn't make any sense i mean but, if it was an rko picture boop, 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 well, if it was an rko radio <laughs> picture then yes it then, makes yeah, total sense but no, um, but radio. yeah, I really did block John Candy out of my mind in this movie. I mean, I thought Steve Martin was annoying. John Candy's doing, <laughs> yeah, just like doing dinging some and banging sort of and making ridiculous, ridiculous jokes. Movie. Yes, like trying to just you know do this whole one man show with all these little toys and keyboards I, 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 and little I things and you know xylophones. I like, and <laughs> I like yeah. John Candy. I find John Candy funny. I thought he was funny in this particular role. But this particular 
person. This character was just, oh, God. Yes. Oh, go away from me. Get away from me. Yeah, him with whatever his little wink, sad winkle one man. Whatever your name yeah, was. it's like a one-man band radio show with like rubber chickens and xylophones. And yeah. It's the most unnecessarily... So I think that's overly... also kind of the comedy of it that he's taking this plant to a radio show interview. Yes. Um, so yes, that is kind of before Audrey gets huge. So yes, this is kind of where our horror comes in. You know, he's having a hard time satisfying Audrey 2's hunger. And then he's just kind of like, I'm done. I don't want to hurt people. This is ridiculous. I'm going to take Audrey. And they kind of have this song where now her boyfriend's missing. Nobody knows where he is. The cops have been asking questions. And she had she's kind of talking to Seymour about it. And um, he kind of is like, well, would it be the worst thing if you ever saw him again? Because he kind of tells her that she's worth being treated well and love. And then they have their whole kind of suddenly see more duet. And yes, now which is a lovely kind of, song. Yes, where they're kind of open to say, you know, the things that they've been holding back on saying for forever. So their big kind of love ballad and it's it's really beautiful song. I so. really like the suddenly yeah. see more song. Yeah. I think it's probably the best song of the movie. Yes, it's very powerful and sweet and um yeah it's kind might of not be the catchiest, might not be yeah, the most you know your favorite yes um they have their whole kind of big realization of their love song and they decide to run off and get married uh they so do. she's home packing and you know has her little wedding dress and he's getting ready but then audrey too is like uh-uh you ain't leaving me here without no food i'm hungry <laughs> where are you you going yes and we see like audrey too really kind of being very much more sentient and you know making phone calls and so he's like i'm gonna eat audrey too or i'm gonna be act audrey one (laughs) i'm gonna eat audrey one so he calls her and you know he's able to kind of get money and put it in the in the phone i love that shot yeah i love that shot from audrey apartment when she answers the phone and it's Audrey too and she looks out the window across to the shop and there's just this kind of weird little zoom in of just Audrey too <laughs> on the two. phone laughing like, <laughs> and she's like what the so hell? funny and she goes over there trying to figure out what's going on and then when Seymour walks in like she's halfway out of Audrey too's you know mouth yeah, chomped away, and so this is kind of we get our big kind of climax of a fight of him trying to stop Audrey too. And oh yeah, he uh, has to be like, no, give me Audrey back. No, yes. you're not eating so Audrey one. <laughs> yes, and it's this whole kind of big fight, and uh, you know, now Audrey too's like really kind of revealing, you know, you know, I'm not just a innocent plant. I'm an alien. I'm here take over i'm here to eat all humans like you thought you you could you know use me da, 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 and that i was just some sweet little plant no i am a alien from another planet who's here to like you know f shit well so, what yeah, is no. the actual line from the song that audrey to refers to themselves as is it like i'm a big green big mother green. from outer space, <laughs> space? yes <laughs> Which yeah, that's their... is possibly my favorite song of the actual movie. Like I said, you've, suddenly you've said that. I think you've no. said that like 
several I times. I haven't. I said Suddenly Seymour was the best song. Okay. Suddenly Seymour was the best song. Somewhere That's Green was the song that I actually knew. The title song, Little Shop of Horrors, yes, is fun. We like that song. Yes, Mean Green and Mother I... from Outer Space is actually the name of the song. <laughs> yes, and I, but I think yeah. my favourite song is that. It's Audrey 2's big song. <laughs> and it's the, the showcase of Levi Stubbs' actual singing talent. Yes, and he has his little... Uh side baby plants you know singing along as well you know yeah i mean it's 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 delightfully frank oz as well isn't it who obviously directs this movie yes you've got your puppet your practical puppetry in there and your weird you know effects work that only a frank oz a jim henson style kind of thing Yes, I mean, Camping. yeah, the f there's a gun situation. Seymour tries to shoot Audrey, too. It's not working. Drops the gun. Audrey, too, picks up the gun and is, like, shooting at him without any kind of care. Um, so I'm sure Audrey, too, like, spins the gun around. Yes! Audrey, yes. too, is turned into a Western <laughs> hero as well. Exactly. So, yeah, this plant has kind of revealed its real motives and it's just going crazy. and um ultimately like you know seymour can't stop audrey too so uh the whole they take the whole building down essentially and crush yeah. crushes seymour in in the debris of the falling building uh so the 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 ending that you know went out the theatrical ending is seymour uh coming out from all the rubble and electrocuting audrey too and winning the yes. day and he you know goes off has his happy ending with audrey um in their beautiful home and then we kind of pan down to see an audrey two plant in the garden and that's kind of how we end the movie but that ends <laughs> with the most devious little smile on this tiny little yes plant. yes um but that was not the original ending of the film. The original ending, which I do believe, I think the play also kind of, that's how it ends as well, is uh, the plants winning, Audrey 2 winning. Uh, what happens in Skid Row downtown happens all over <laughs> all over the world or all over, you know, the U.S. And we see people buying up all these little Audrey 2s because wherever it happened, you know, somebody produced these plants and uh now they're people are taking them home and they're growing and eating and, grow and getting bigger and now they're kind of you know walking down the street like godzilla or the marshmallow man like destroying the city it, yes, tearing it, down it, buildings and you know ripping up people's homes and you know you showed me this uh, original <laughs> ending yeah. or alternate ending or whatever you want to refer to it as um I mean, I actually kind of really like it, but it is yeah. It is just kind of all of a sudden becomes a really large-scale disaster movie in the last five minutes. Yes, of it, <laughs> it's great. Which is kind of strange, and it does look a little bit like, you know, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man walking yes. down the road and in we, Ghostbusters. You know, we have our Muse figures kind of walking up in front of an American flag, all like Patton-style kind of looking situation. A little bit, yes. And they're singing this kind of very military-esque song about how what happened here has happened all over the u.s and 
this is what's come of it and so yes we end with this kind of destruction godzilla ending with these audrey giant audrey twos just destroying the whole cities and things yeah. falling and rubble and people running away and then like audrey to busting through a wall and it's like the end question mark exclamation question mark <laughs> i think from a you know if, if if we're to consider the movie a horror movie horror musical i think yeah. that ending that disaster ending definitely that order yeah. to winning the day is is the better ending. Best, yes because you're calling your movie Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. But if you want to be, which is also what the movie is, a little bit of a sweet romance movie. You know, that you just have to get over the, you know, Seymour and Audrey have to just get over the obstacle of Audrey 2. Then the this theatrical ending... It also works. Both work. Yeah. Both endings work. But if you're wanting liked... to lean into the horror, then yeah, I think the destruction, Audrey yeah. 2 winning, is, is probably the better ending for that. I like the ending. Branding, yeah. I like the ending that I did watch, because I did watch, obviously, the, you know, Seymour crawls out of the rubble, electrocutes Audrey 2, and, and goes off and lives a happy life. Presumably, hint, we don't know. With a with hint, a hint of, of Audrey 2 reappearing, yeah. But with total destruction from Audrey 2 and then at the end question mark as though there's going to be some rampaging sequel where <laughs> Audrey 2's take over the world. Kind of want that. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's really fun. I would only like to hope to that, that any physical copy I ever purchase of Little Shop of Horrors comes with both. Yes, I would think so. Um... Because both are great, but like I said, from a horror standpoint, I like the disaster ending. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. I do, and it's it's yeah. way more of a showcase of the effects talent. Yeah, well. and the puppetry and all of that stuff. Yeah, which the, which you know, for that time, I mean, obviously Frank Oz knows a lot about puppetry, um, so I think he was definitely a very fitting person to direct this movie, and that's why Audrey 2 looked so well and moved so well. Everything looked really good with the plants. Oh, unbelievably and, and, good. Yes, the talking and the, the you know, the emoting of, like, its lips and, you know, how the vines like, moved. Like, just that, you like, that sequence of, you know, Audrey 2 getting on the phone and putting the money in yeah. and spinning the gun, and, like, the vines looked very workable and, and natural, and, you know, so... Makes you, uh, makes you wonder what the Roger Corman one's like. Yes, I'm very curious, so maybe we will have to do that. I, I, um, I have to imagine <laughs> it looks kind of bad. <laughs> yeah. But charmingly so. Yeah, yes, yes. I'm sure you can see some strings or something in the, in the original. But, yeah, this one, Audrey 2 looked amazing. Even, like, the baby one, when it's, like, kind of doing the little sucking motion. Yeah. And, like, sucking on his finger. And, you know, it looked really good. So. You think, oh, it's little cute Audrey Yes, it, like, Audrey 2 was very cute. Like, the first kind of iteration. Audrey and it had, like, that light coloring and, like, the veining on it. And, like, little these cute little pink lips like it was like a little baby <laughs> and then yeah nah. as soon as you get 
I'm a big green mother from outer space. You start going, oh dear, you're not cute anymore. No. Get out, get out. I'm not going anywhere. Feed me from Levi Stubbs, yeah. Uh, gets, it gets, that's when it gets pretty scary. So We do like that. Uh, yes. Feed uh, me. I hadn't seen this in a while, so it was fun to kind of revisit. I actually got to see, I think we were doing a trip in San Francisco. So we went to a showing... Um, uh, they were putting on a, a, a the play version of this and uh, the theater okay. version and and we got to go see uh, a live performance of it and yeah they did i think actually have the the uh, audrey two winning the day kind of ending okay. so uh, i mean I, yeah. I i am kind of interested to know what the theater audrey two is like um it looked pretty good uh, but like, how does it move? Is the people in it? Yes. So there, there's somebody in it moving, and I think you can kind of see them in like kind of the back, kind of moving okay. it. But it's not distracting. They have like them in a in a kind of a green, you know, suit, whatever, yeah. kind of moving it. So when it's smaller, yeah, there's like a puppet, some like some under kind of okay. happening. I think the person like probably has like, you know, is have something in the pot or whatever they're holding yeah remember it was a few years ago and um yeah the bigger one it's like a couple people kind of okay you know so yeah yes i did enjoy it i had a lot of fun (laughs) it's just absolute fun isn't it it's one of these delightfully kind of easy movies that you could watch over and over and over again never tire of no and just enjoy every single time the music is great like every song is fun and it really informs the story it's not just there as a filler you know there's no filler songs every song is there to get to know the characters better to illustrate the plot to add some comedy to add some emotion um what a good musical and what good songs from a musical are meant to do yeah Um, so all the while being just a really campy horror sweet movie though that just tonally you'd think is all over the place but merges together so well yeah um credit to everybody for little shop of horrors it's it's a great movie yay Yay. applause janine for little shop of horrors yes yes are we taking the tone significantly different next week? We started the horror comedies with uh, a meta slasher. We've gone into campy musical. <laughs> what are we doing next week? Well, you know, I had to go back to the 90s. Oh, <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> this was a movie I saw in theaters when I was young, and I like loved it. thought it was like so cool and when i grew up to be a teenager i wanted to be like this and luke perry was gorgeous luke so, you know, perry yes r.i.p luke perry was gorgeous yes. and uh yeah i just had a lot of fun with this movie i've never seen the show surprisingly but love this movie buffy the vampire slayer <laughs> buffy the vampire slayer 92 <laughs> 1992, believe, yes. is it? Mm-hmm. There we go. Not Sarah Michelle Gellar. No. Not the television show. Christy Swanson. 
Donald Sutherland. Donald Sutherland. David Arquette. Oh, Hillary Swank. Oh, God. Everybody's in it. Ben Affleck is in this movie. No, Blink and no. you miss it. Ben Affleck is in this movie. This is before Dazed and Confused Ben Affleck. What sort of horrific young Ben Affleck is this? You'll see. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway. Paul Rubens. <laughs> <laughs> naming the cast name the entire cast um no i'm looking forward to that Buffy the vampire slayer next week on morgan hasn't seen this is of course been little shop of horrors though from 1986 glorious glorious movie i kind of do want to own it as well now yeah that's feels good. like it, it needs Needs to be a place. I'll have to check if there's a good, good edition, good features, and oh, alternate yes. ending, and oh, all sorts, all sorts, yeah. all sorts, all sorts. Wonderful, Janine. Morgan hasn't seen this show. Is not the only show we have on the It's a Wonderful podcast feed, though, is it? It is not. We have Monday Madness with Morgan and Machine. You can find that show on this very podcast feed or on our YouTube channel. It's a wonderful podcast on YouTube. Like, share, and subscribe over there. We also do fun things on that channel. Uh, fun videos and, uh, you know, live chats, watch-alongs, reviews, movie collection videos. Oh, yes. Um, all kinds of stuff and of course monday madness our fun chill back show so check that out on the youtube channel but you can also find monday madness on the podcast feed right here uh so check that out on mondays and of course every friday we have our main show where we may be talking another little shop before us we'll see uh we give love to those classic films we certainly do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have you covered on the It's a Wonderful podcast feed. Janine's already spoken all about there, about the YouTube channel. Subscribe, ding the notification bells over there. But of course, subscribe to the podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts as well. We have the Patreon if you would like to support us that way. Patreon.com slash It's a Wonderful One. Find the tier that is right for you. There is also a donation link in the description if you would like to support in either of those very, very generous ways. You can also find the show on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. Find me on Twitter at The Purple Don with a three instead of the E in there because, Janine. Three is the magic number. On Instagram at the Purple Don, all your bloodthirsty plant-loving things are where <laughs> you can find me at Janine Debean underscore on Twitter, Janine Debean on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to get any merch for any of our shows, you can find that at our Teespring shop. Just search "It's a Wonderful Podcast" on Teespring. We have some fun designs over there. Check it out. Uh, and if you want to purchase any of my art in print form, you can find that at my Big Cartel shop, G Nine Design I mean, it's going to have to be an Audrey 2 <laughs> oh. impression, isn't it? I mean, it could be an Audrey 1 impression. I don't want no. it to be an Audrey no. 1 impression. <clears throat> okay. A three! A two! A one! Bye! Little shop, little shop of horror, little shop. Little shop of terror, bop shoop bop. Little shop of horror, no, 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 no.